With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody. Uh, don't like that. <laughs> Welcome to That's Good Sports podcast. I'm Brandon Perna here with at WillKey6 on Twitter saying it at the beginning of the episode, so maybe you'll get some new followers, Will. Yeah, probably not. Uh, probably not. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about today for the podcast. In Broncos news, everything from Emmanuel Sanders' injury, C.J. Anderson going to the Raiders, uh, little Broncos 49ers preview. Uh, and then with the NFL news, also a lot. We'll try to jump into some of this Kareem Hunt stuff. Uh, Will and I have, we had a, an episode written for that, and it got longer and longer, and I just really, <laughs> just really didn't want to make it, so we'll try to jump into some of that. Uh, we'll get to our Defensive Rookie of the Year um, candidates, uh, as we see them, and maybe who has the best shot at winning there, um, and a bunch of picks for all of the games this week and I think uh I think I that's what we're gonna talk about right Will yeah no I think you nailed it um I'm currently in the process of figuring out how to donate an Achilles uh it seems a lot more violent and painful uh than I thought but I'm gonna do like the no country for old men method of um, setting a car on fire outside a pharmacy and then just stealing a bunch of medical supplies and then do a little DIY in the bathroom and then mail my Achilles, uh, hopefully clean and sanitary, to Emmanuel Sanders uh, in time for the game on Sunday. Uh, I thought you were gonna say shoot yourself in the head with a uh, cow killer. Oh, cow prod killer. It's another another option. Well, it, that's for when Von Miller gets hurt. God forbid. <laughs> the cow um, prod. What do they call to, that? Trying thing? to find some wood to knock on. Uh, it's like the no. It's not the. It's on a cattle prod. It's not a cattle prod, but yeah. it's like a. It's the thing they use to kill cows, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just like shoots like a little dart. It like sucks. Like goes right in their brain and comes right back out. Yeah, it's like supposed to be. It's supposed to do it in a non-messy way, very quickly. Correct. Uh, big fan of cattle prods too. You ever seen that cattle prod scene from Casino? Uh, yeah, I think we've yeah. talked about watching Casino on this uh, show before, even. <laughs> well, we're gonna do a full Casino episode in the off season, so stay tuned. Uh, Will and I's second favorite hobby, besides watching football, is watching movies and TV. So mm, it's true. Pretty good. Uh, well of knowledge there. Um, yeah, but. <clears throat> So, Emmanuel Sanders, I mean, he tears his Achilles today at practice, running a route against um, air, nothing. He was just running routes so quarterbacks could throw some balls. So, that's like one of those injuries you just – you can't 
predict or prevent. It just sucks. Kind of like Chris Harris's injury in the the game, uh, the Bengals game, where I guess he has a hairline fracture on his fibula, and he could be back if the Broncos go to the playoffs. Um, which now, with those two injuries, like even if they go to the playoffs, <laughs> you're missing your second best offensive player and your second best defensive player on a team that's already barely, you know, barely winning. Yeah, not to mention you traded Demarius Thomas. Not that I'm saying that was a, a bad trade. Um, no, just but Sanders got hurt now, but it just kind of compounds things at the wide receiver position. Yeah, Demarius Thomas could be he could come in very handy right now for the Broncos. Yeah, yeah like. If they have a receipt for that trade, they can just like kind of like if there's like a seven day period, like GameStop or something, I might just, you know, switch that pick back for a DT right about now. Yeah. But even if they did, Bill O'Brien would not honor that. There's no way he would honor that receipt. No, no, you're absolutely right. He wouldn't do that. Bill O'Brien's like the type of guy who manages a restaurant. And even though the restaurant like fucks up really bad, he's not going to, he's not going to give in. He's not going to give you a free meal. He's not going to, you know, comp you with a gift card or no. anything. He's going to be like, no, well, don't ever come back here. Yeah, Screw no. You. Bill, Bill Bryan's policy is the customer is always wrong. <laughs> the customers are always wrong. I'm always right. Get out Correct. of my house. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> I live here, goddammit. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, they placed a waiver claim on Andre Holmes, who just, like, freshly cut by the Buffalo Bills, I think, yesterday or today. Um, it'll be yesterday at least by the time you're listening to this. But, yeah, the Bills cut Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes. They decided uh, probably because they don't have any jerseys that fit Kelvin Benjamin that they're going to take Andre Holmes. Uh, and I think it's the right move. Uh, he's a veteran. He's been around since 2012. Got like 1,700 yards, 15 touchdowns in his career from Dallas to Oakland to Buffalo. So you could do worse for your fourth or fifth wide receiver. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess that's a, that's a decent pickup for the Broncos in a time of need. I think it's kind of weird the Bills cut two receivers, though, on the same day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially like with their offense. Yeah, and, and one of them was not Isaiah McKenzie. <laughs> <laughs> right. So – the the Bills, I mean, Josh Allen is the future. Isaiah McKenzie's making yeah. plays for him. And uh, Jerry Hughes, you saw the Jerry Hughes video, right? Yeah, Where sure he, did. Uh, said that the ref mm -hmm. called him a bitch and that he was going to come after him. Well, that referee has been put on leave by the NFL because apparently this isn't the first time he's gotten in trouble for talking shit and saying derogatory things to players. Uh, yeah, sure can't do that if you're a ref. Um, I mean, like, if I was, like, a five foot, 120-pound ref, like most of them are, I That's would not me, be – basically. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't – and if I were you, too, I wouldn't call Jerry Hughes a bitch uh, behind his back or to his face. Nope. I would be helping him up every play. Yeah. Especially when you're just wearing, like, a baseball cap and he's got a helmet and shoulder pads on. Yeah. Seems, seems like a bad move. I'm surprised uh, we haven't seen it more where, like, a player just goes off on a ref physically. Yeah. <laughs> no, and he, like, waited until – like, he clearly, like, tracked him down to yeah. find him in the tunnel because, like, yeah. God knows where the refs go after the game. And then um, said he didn't remember. He didn't remember doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't recall. 
He's like, well, if it bought Kareem Hunter nine months of time, I think I'll just play the fun- same card. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that works. Got plenty of Kareem Hunt uh, stuff to talk about. But um, another big item of news that's, I guess, tangentially related to the Broncos is our old friend, CJ Anderson. We yeah. thought he was going to sign with the Chiefs, uh, but he pulled a double cross and signed with the Raiders instead. Uh, I'm actually, down. Yeah, I actually feel better about him a little bit going to the Raiders than the Chiefs. Why is that? I feel like he could have helped the Chiefs. <laughs> no, you're right. I think, um, I think he could have helped any team at running back. And it's not like – I don't think he's going to be this game breaker, this game wrecker, but he's a smart running back who will pick up the offense quickly. He's great in pass protection, and he's the type of guy who can come in, I think, and you know make a difference on your offense right away. Uh, I'm like I know he's from the Oakland area, and I know he's been working on building like this uh, big. Um, it's like through his charity, this big like after school like sports center for like underprivileged youth in the Oakland area. It's like a huge thing, I believe. So I think it's cool. He'll be close to that, and I know like that stuff's like important to him now. If you follow him, I don't know on social media, he's in like. Uh, private jets all the time taking like charity meetings and hanging out with the guy who founded YouTube and shit. So <laughs> yeah, not bad. Um, yeah. I mean, CJ Anderson didn't have the greatest of seasons uh, with the Panthers, but I think they're like Oh and four since they cut him. So <laughs> I don't know what that yeah. says. <clears throat> no, they didn't use him at all. That was the thing. Like, yeah, they just turned Christian McCaffrey into a three down back. So yeah, which I don't like maybe good this season, but I don't know if that's going to be the best plan of attack five years down the road. Giving, yeah, well, they won't um, care because uh, <laughs> giving five years down the road, players. they're not going to re-sign him. Uh, his rookie contract will be up and they'll cut him loose anyway. Yeah, they'll be on to uh, one of his many brothers by then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who just won the state championship in Colorado. Yeah. Imagine if like all of Philip Rivers' kids – end up being as athletic as Ed McCaffrey's kids. <laughs> That's a lot of yeah. potential. I think uh, most of them are girls, though, so we don't have to worry about them in the NFL. No. Yeah, they'll just be running like the WNBA. Yeah, and tennis. Probably, probably play tennis. I can see it. Yeah, they just do like a weird like three-quarters uh, serve like, like their dad. <laughs> well, the sidearm would probably be more effective in uh, tennis. Exactly. So, yeah, I think there's a genetic uh, advantage for him there. <laughs> yeah, also, um, yeah, just like getting mad at referees also, like Philip Rivers, but never cursing. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. – Philip Rivers should have played tennis. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> that referee that went after Jerry Hughes should have followed uh, Philip Rivers' example. If he wasn't- that, re- that referee called me a, a big-time baby, cry baby. <laughs> he called he me – a big, a big dang, a big yeah. dang jerk. A big dumb head. Big dumb head dang jerk. Cotton-headed ninny muggins. <laughs> <laughs> that one sounded offensive somehow. It, it, it <laughs> yeah. Well, we all know I've been having this problem lately, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's get on to uh, the Broncos signed a cornerback because uh, Chris Harris, we haven't talked about it either. He got oh, yeah. hurt. 
They said they weren't going to sign one, too. <laughs> Lying fucks. Liars. <laughs> Liars. Yeah, I mean, Chris Harris says that he's going to be back by the Chargers game. Uh, I guarantee he won't be back if they are out of the playoffs by then. Yeah, there'll be uh, no reason for him to play. Yeah, But, you know, like you know, everybody's been talking about, got the, uh, the 49ers, the Browns, and the Raiders. So there's still a very good chance that that game is going to um, be for playoff implications. Uh, but in the meantime, they've got Jamar Taylor, who they signed instead of Pac-Man Jones. Is it? Are you surprised a little bit they didn't just bring in Pac-Man after he's been here for half the season and, and knows the defense, obviously? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know who Jamar Taylor is. Oh, funny you asked that. Well, let me find my notes. He's a second rounder from Boise State back in 2013. All Broncos love Boise State, guys. This is true. It's something about that blue field. Also, maybe uh, the fact that they're Broncos. Uh, but he's got three picks. Well, his best season uh, back with the Browns in 2016. He's played for the Dolphins, the Browns, and the Cardinals. His best season was in 2016. Three picks, 13 passes defended on a very bad Cleveland team. So, for what it's worth. So, maybe they sign him because there's possibly a little bit more of an upside. Yeah, I think so. Um, Although, it feels weird to take someone with upside rather than knowledge of the defense this late into the season. But, I don't know. If it works out, it works out. Hopefully, they get Tremaine Brock back soon, who's someone they didn't have against the Bengals last week. Oh yeah, what's the matter? Yeah, what's his injury status? I can't even keep track of all of their. Yeah, I can't keep track of the injuries. There's just too many. Like, you know, it's kind of weird. Like we felt like I almost like I never brought it up at the beginning of the season because I felt like it was gonna jinx the whole thing. But they didn't really lose anybody to injury during training camp, which is so weird. Yeah, you always uh, lose somebody. Like tears their ACL the first day. Yeah, usually. Like every team, they're just like, oh, shit, our first-round draft pick towards ACL. Correct. And then uh, Jake Butt got hurt like in week four or five, and then the floodgates just went wide open. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, interesting to look at, too. Broncos have a new strength and conditioning coach this year. Um, I don't know if that ever actually affects players' injuries. <laughs> yeah, but... I don't know. People always say that, like, like they blame training staffs for injuries. Like, I don't know, man. When you tear your Achilles just on air, like I don't feel like – I feel like that's just uh, an act of God, basically. Yeah, I don't think you can blame trainer – like I don't think you can, you can strengthen ligaments, you know, unless there are vitamins or some shit that do it. Uh, you can strengthen muscles around them. Yeah, well, there's, there's vitamins in a way. Like you could ask like, I don't know, Julian Edelman, you might know. <laughs> There's special vitamins that you put in a syringe and then uh, inject right into your ass. Yeah, I think those help. I think those help ligaments heal faster. I don't know if they make them stronger. <laughs> Either but way, uh, I'm also not a doctor. Neither of us. No, uh, we should I make should that add. very clear. Uh, yes. In case somebody thought that's good sports was a, a medical podcast. <laughs> Neither of us are doctors yet. They said on that podcast, I can inject my ass and make my knees never get hurt. Yep. Uh, 13-year-old football star. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> uh, local local man rushes for three thousand yards <laughs> after injecting uh, PEDs directly in the butt. Yeah, I kind of want to take some PEDs just to see if I. Yeah, why not? How they next, well, next them. time I'm in, next time I'm in Mexico, I'll pick up some for both of us. Okay, cool. Yeah, hopefully soon. And then um, we'll just like put them in a, a bag and shake them up, and we'll each just like take one and see what it does. Yeah, how does it work? Do you just like make like a, a HGH smoothie out of it? Just like drop it in the blender with like a some ice, like a banana and some strawberries, and yeah, that that way you get stronger and enjoy a delicious treat. Yeah, uh, both very important. See my door. Oh, you got ghosts in the background. Oh, the dog just came right in. Your haunted house yeah. of horrors. Zip's got some takes on the 49ers game coming up. Ooh, good. He, he's telling me he's telling me to talk about Kyle Shanahan. Because oh, if you remember, okay. the Broncos almost <laughs> the Broncos were close to hiring him back in 2017. Wait, That's, they were? I mean, I don't know if they're close to hiring him, but that was one of the he's one of the candidates. They were People haven't second guessed that decision every week since it uh, it's been made. Well, here's the thing: like, uh, if you asked that same question, like, who would you rather have? I know Kyle Shanahan hasn't had his quarterback for most of the time he's been there, outside of like eight games with Jimmy Garoppolo. But um, I don't like. I don't think it's just not close anymore. It's like Kyle Shanahan's he's gone. <clears throat> Two and what? Two and uh, ten right now, or two and twelve? I guess with I don't know, not a good roster, but the pairing of of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, like it looks good on paper every year uh, for the last two years at least, and it just hasn't resulted in any kind of winning for the Forty ers Yeah, well, I guess I mean it didn't look good on paper last year until they made that trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and he started winning. Yeah, but even then, like things look good because they it looked like they swindled the Bears out of that pick. uh, Oh right, right. Like when they moved up one spot to take. And now you're right. And now look at it like I think Mitch Trubisky would be a good fit with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. No. Exactly. And. Yeah, and you don't have to pay him like Jimmy Garoppolo, who's right. getting paid. You know, he's one of the top five highest-paid quarterbacks in the league. And the 49ers ended up taking Solomon Thomas third. And, I mean, I don't watch every 49ers game, but I don't think he's like the third-best guy on that defensive line. I mean, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's – No, he's had uh, a slow start to his yeah, career. It's like DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, and then Thomas is third, I think, if um, that. Yeah, I think the difference is, like, the 49ers were at the bottom. Uh, the Broncos had a better team. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what Broncos fans are thinking right now. Like, if they would rather – if they would still rather take Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I know, like, the local media here has been switching their attitude, and they're all starting to kiss fans Joseph's ass. It's, uh <laughs> It like, dude, dude, like, I don't know how much you listened to it, but th- this whole season, it was, you know, after the bad start, it was like, you've got to move on from Vance Joseph. If not now, definitely once the season's over, and you've got to ask if you should do it now. And then it got like closer to midseason. They still weren't winning. They're like, well, if you, you know, you do it, who do you bring in? And now it's like, 
He's winning. He's doing yeah. what you want him to do. He's getting better. Your best how option long? in 2019 is Vance Joseph. Yeah. How, should we give him five or six years on the extension? Yeah. I mean, six. Look, I mean, and I get it. You know, opinions should change as situations change, but it's just like. They change very quickly. <laughs> yeah. And nobody ever admits, like, I'm saying the exact opposite thing I said mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Yeah. I was dead wrong. And uh, now I'm going to be dead right. Dead right. Dead to right. That's something that people say. Um, another important note on this game, this is the first non-preseason game at Levi's Stadium since Super Bowl 50, a game that Ooh. you and I were almost at. <laughs> almost at. Well, we were almost – I was in the par- – well, I was in Bennigan's parking lot and – Bennigan's. I can't think of a worse place to watch the Super Bowl, to be honest. I didn't even know that any of those restaurants still were in business. And I had to pay $100 to watch it in their tent in the parking lot. Uh, they charged you $100 to, uh, for like parking or just to... Well, well they know. had this tent set up in the parking lot. Uh-huh. And they had the TVs in the tent. And you got their buffet, which was really not good. It, well, it's a Benigan's. Four beers. Four beers. Yeah. Um, no, you could do worse. But like I, there was I mean, there was nowhere else to let's go. Let's be real. Four beers in the stadium would probably cost you two hundred dollars. Exactly. Like you could, I could have went inside Bennigan's and not yeah. sat down, ever, and probably eventually got kicked out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't do a lot of sitting when I was watching them in the Super Bowl, anyway. So. Yeah, it was uh, it was weird. Yeah, no, not a great place to watch the game, but <laughs> it, it's a good luck charm. So next time they're in the Super Bowl. Uh, you're going to have to go to Bennigan's. That's right. I think. But um, a couple, like, actual football points about this game. Sure. So, the one guy – like, the there's two guys, I think, that the Broncos really have to key in on on defense. And one of them is pretty obvious, and that's George Kittle. He's the only 49ers receiver that has even – like, over 400 yards. He's got, like, 893. No one else on that team uh, has – surpassed 400 yards um but their rookie Dante Pettis in the last two weeks he hasn't been healthy the whole year but he just came back and in the last two weeks he's got 206 yards and three touchdowns uh-huh Dante Pettis yeah so one of the things about the 49ers is they're gonna pile up yards uh but they just don't like to score a lot of points that's perfect for the way the Broncos defense operates yeah no it feels like uh hand in glove here like <laughs> As long as somebody, like, eventually tackles the dude on the, the big pass play they give up, the Broncos, I feel like the Broncos' defense in the red zone is really good. Um, I don't think we've really talked about that or tried to look into that as a stat or anything this year, but they're uh, definitely a bend, don't break, but sometimes we just bend so much that we break <laughs> yeah. on the bend defense, if that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers, like, I don't think anybody's paid much attention to them. Their highlight of the season was Nick Mullins coming in on Thursday night football, playing really well. Yeah, getting verified on Twitter, smoking the Raiders. And then since then, like, he's been okay. Like, maybe good for a rookie, but, you know, he's starting to make all the mistakes that you would expect a young guy to make. And, Definitely doesn't look like somebody John Elway should have traded for after that uh, that one hot win. 
Yeah, no, I mean, he's kind of doing the opposite of Case Keenum. Like, he's piling up a bunch of yards, but also throwing some picks and turning the ball over. And Case Keenum has turned into the guy that everybody expected him to be, I guess, uh, in the offseason, which is someone that, you know, he's not throwing for a ton of yards, uh, but he's making a couple of plays, and he's just not turning the ball over in the last few games, which is – uh, basically, like the Broncos have found the formula, and part of that is Keenum not turning the ball over, making a couple plays, uh, i.e., like the throw to Cortland Sutton against the Bengals, uh, that long throw to Emmanuel Sanders against the against the Steelers, and limiting turnovers. Uh, and it's really helpful when you limit it, limit the turnovers to zero, which has been the case the last few weeks. And coincidentally, they're three and zero. Right. It, well, <clears throat> the one thing that's also been helping the Broncos that they can't really control is the other teams have been turning the ball over a lot against them. Yeah. And that's been true the last three weeks. So luckily for the Broncos, the 49ers have that potential uh, to be and, you know, have two or three turnovers in this game. I don't know if the Broncos will necessarily need that to win, but. I guess I thought they would have scored more points against the Bengals. But what I've learned about the Broncos offense is they play exactly the same no matter who the competition (laughs) is. So whether the defense is great or terrible, they're only going to score 20 or 24 points. And you're right. As long as they don't, like, make a turnover that gives the other team points, uh, they can keep their opponent under 20 or right around 20. Um, So – I'm not too worried. Well, you and you never know. Like losing Emmanuel Sanders and Chris Harris, I could see the 49ers winning this week just on one or two fluke plays that push them over the edge. Uh, but I don't know. Just keep giving the ball to Philip Lindsay, and I think they'll be okay. Yeah, I mean that seems to be the thing to do. It feels like, I mean, the Sanders injury really hurts. Obviously, uh, if you're trying to look for the bright side on that. Uh, I guess the team yep. gets an extended look on at uh, Deshaun Hamilton, yeah, which could affect whether or not they draft a wide receiver high in the draft this year. Um, I guess it gives other guys like River Craycraft uh, a little more of an extended look as well. But Tim not, Patrick not, should get more targets. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, in the win against the Bengals – Sanders only had four catches, you know what I mean? So Right. It feels like yeah, it feels like they can be successful without him as long as Cortland Sutton's playing well. Because Sutton didn't play well against the Steelers, but obviously had a great game against the Bengals. Uh so they really just need like one wide receiver to have a good game. And they yeah. need Philip Lindsay to go off, which uh I mean, it's been working for the last been, few weeks. It's been working. It should I wanna see Sutton get like twelve targets. Um and early in yeah. the game, he dropped a pass. Also, Case Keenum missed some passes to him. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, I would like to see Case Keenum, you know, maybe a little more accurate early and yeah. keep wanna, targeting yeah. Sutton to see if, like, he can be that guy who kind of controls the game as, like, a receiver, as, like, a, a Julio Jones-type player where you know he's going to catch the ball, you know, 90% of the time it's thrown his way or – they at least throw it to him 90% of the time, and it looks like he had a great game, even if he really didn't. Yeah, I also want them to work in the tight end more because I think 
Yeah, that disappeared last week, I felt like. They they targeted Matt Lacoste one time uh, for zero catches. So it feels like they need to find a way to work him in more. Like, at least, like, you know, throw in that tight end screen that they do from time to time uh, or work in the play action, crossing route, something like that, just to get him going. Because it feels like once he's in the game and, like, once he's active, uh, good things tend to happen, like, in the Steelers game. Yeah, it's – I don't know. It's just kind of puzzling, like – as good as Philip Lindsay's been playing, the offense should be scoring more points, and yeah. that should be opening up bigger plays for the wide receivers. Yeah, I agree. The play action should be a lot more deadly than it has been recently. Yeah. Um, but, but who knows? Maybe that comes in time. Maybe uh, the Bengals are just so bad that they decided, <laughs> like, well, Philip Lindsay's rushing for you know fifty yards a carry against us. Uh, let's just not adjust to that and keep playing the pass. so we just keep running it yeah but i think the 49ers are probably a little smarter who's to say um before we move on to the nfl talking i wanted to just bring up something because in the Bengals game emmanuel sanders took a a shot on the right sideline he got hit pretty hard it looked bad at full speed and then the replay like it looked like a, a pretty clean hit uh, it also looked identical to when he was in St. Louis and he, oh, got, yeah. he got fucking floored. That was, yeah, that was the hit that like his Wikipedia said he died after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like those plays were similar and I looked back at the St. Louis play and that hit was, was way harder. It was oh, that. Yeah. If that happened in 2018, uh, that guy would be drawn and quartered. He, and it's, <laughs> And it, it made me think, like, oh, shit, the NF, what the NFL has done is starting to work in that it's the opposite of desensitized. It's made us more yeah, sensitive. It's just, it's just sensitized us. Okay. Okay, sensitized. Okay, college okay. boy. Okay, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Mr. IQ off the charts, dude. Um, but I looked at it and I was like, oh, shit, that play is way worse. And then looked back at the, the Bengals hit and I was like, if you look at them both, you would never call that Bengals hit. But now, yeah. during that game, I was like, oh, fuck, I throw the flag. And then I saw the game go, ah, that was actually a pretty good hit. Yeah. But uh, the St. Louis one, I was just like, oh, man, this is really hard to watch over again. Very. Oh, yeah, that, that was hard to watch at the time. Uh, I don't know if I want to go back and watch it. But, uh, yeah, that would definitely not fly. You got to hear it. You got to hear the sound oh. on it. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's just like a car crash. Uh, uh, if, which I guess I'll leave with my <laughs> final point, unless you have something brilliant to say. Nope. Uh, sure at first, I kind of blamed Vance Joseph for Chris Harris's leg injury. Okay, yeah, because, you and everybody else on Twitter, idiots. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't blame him for the injury at first, but at during the moment, I was like, why the fuck are they? Why did they accept the penalty? Right. Like, why wouldn't you just force the, the fourth down there? Uh, not because I was thinking your player had a chance of getting hurt, but because of what, the way the Broncos' defense is played, like, I could see the Bengals converting that uh, third and long. So I was like, when you have the fourth down, you just force them to play there. Then Chris Harris Jr. got hurt because of the penalty. But now I blame the referees for Chris Harris Jr.'s injury because they called such a weak block in the back against Will Parks, like, the, the lineman kind of like just touches Will Parks in the back as he's falling down. Shouldn't have been blown as a penalty, which means Chris Harris shouldn't have been in on that play, which means he shouldn't have fractured his leg. 
So now I shift the blame to the refs, taking the heat off Vance Joseph. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm always uh, on board to blame the referees. Felt like they had a really bad week. Uh, the Bengals game was bad, I think, on both sides. Yeah, I think each team Sanders got three game. shitty calls against them in that game. Yeah, that's all you ask from the referees. Is if you're going to call Keep it, it shitty, even. Just, just call it shitty for everyone, you know? But uh, I was pretty upset, actually, during that Sunday night game with the, the false Offsides. start. The false start the, that wasn't called? Against the Chargers. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, the Chargers got the Chargers got lucky. Um, <laughs> I'll say they had the false start call. They had mm-hmm. the the Steelers jumping off sides, and then I saw somebody said the center moved the ball on the snap to to force the Steelers to jump on that yeah. kick. But also, Philip Rivers threw an interception in the end zone that the Steelers yeah, just that turned into a Keenan Allen touchdown. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, not only was it not a pick, it was a, a touchdown for the Chargers. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that game actually says that the Chargers are better than the Steelers. Yeah, um, exactly. That's what I was thinking. And the Steelers play the Raiders this week, so nothing will fix your problems <laughs> like playing Oakland. Um, I guess we're talking about NFL shit. Uh, who, are you going to take the Broncos to beat the 49ers? Yeah, I'm going to take them. Okay, me too. And then I'll have the prediction up, episode up Friday uh, once I dive into that game with my – football brain and Very I good. really evaluate the important things dig in with your football brain your football shovel yeah dig and a big I, old football hole and I include the three really good jokes that Wilkie's puts in there <clears throat> four four yeah could be four maybe uh anyway moving to the NFL during that Monday night game uh the Monday night the the heralded Monday night football crew of Joe Tessitore, Jason Witten, and Booger McFarland went on uh, just a probably – it felt like an hour. They were talking about domestic violence uh, in the wake of the whole Kareem Hunt thing and the Redskins uh, bringing in Reuben Foster. Uh, so they, they talked about that for what felt like uh, a third of the game. And <laughs> meanwhile, ESPN – uh, unbeknownst, I'm sure, to everybody on the crew, is promoting a Greg Hardy UFC fight in order to boost their streaming service, ESPN+. Plus. Wow. So if this isn't the most ESPN thing I've ever heard, I don't know what is. Talk about hypocritical. Yeah, uh, I'll say. And, I mean, the most interesting thing was that Mark Sanchez <laughs> – Entered the game for Washington because Colt McCoy also broke his fucking leg. Um, and the Washington's got to move forward with Mark Sanchez now. Uh, just, like, just like we all expected. <laughs> so, um, not a good time to be a Washington fan. The no. ESPN plus Greg Hardy thing is bizarre. They... <laughs> Classifying Kareem Hunt as what he did as domestic violence. Yeah, it's incorrect. It's inaccurate. It's not correct. Uh, Reuben Foster, yes, that is. Uh-huh. The, you know, Washington should have they, – they should be under a bigger microscope right now, I think, than the Chiefs and the NFL with Kareem Hunt because I think his situation seems a lot more fishy. But yeah. then – we learn there's been multiple incidents with Kareem Hunt. One, a verbal altercation, 
And then another supposed violent altercation outside of or inside of a nightclub. So yeah, I heard he like sent a, sent a person to the hospital. Yeah, him and a group of guys uh, allegedly, you got to say allegedly. Allegedly, you don't want to get sued. Beat up uh, some oh. dude after the Chiefs lost the in the, in the playoffs. Um, so, <laughs> okay, I'm like, sorry, that's just the fact that you mentioned after they lost in the playoffs. <laughs> it was the, it was the night after, it was the night they lost. Like the guys went out and I think somebody was talking shit just about it. a bad mood. And it escalated to a fight. So, I think... Kareem Hunt has some anger issues that need to be. Uh, you don't say. <laughs> and some decision making skills that need to be worked out. Yeah, I think the hotel situation is fucked from every angle. I think everybody involved in that situation fucked up. I think Kareem Hunt fucked up. I think the girl fucked up. I think the hotel fucked up. I think the Chiefs fucked up. I yep. think the NFL fucked up. So, Did TMZ fuck up? Uh. Well, if you want to build a, an empire on, can you can you fuck up when your reputation's already at like a one? No, it's like the rate. It's like the Raiders. Like yeah. you, you can't you can't put them down any lower. <laughs> They're already there. That's yeah. I mean, TMZ. Go, it's like going less than zero. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that we should be able to see shit like that. Like, I feel like th- that information, those videos. Unless that, unless there's like a real need for the public to to understand it for some sort of safety issues, which I guess you could argue if you're going into the get into the First Amendment here, Brandon, or a bar that has Kareem Hunt, but like, (laughs) uh, like there's no reason for any of us to see it. Like, if I uh, run into Kareem Hunt at a bar, which I don't know the odds about that, but if I do, I know I'm just turning right back out. Uh, Also, if I run into to a bar with Patrick Mahomes, I think I'm leaving too because that can't end well for me. I know if I'm going to a bar, I'm bringing Jerry Hughes with me, and yes, everything will be all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want to talk shit? How about you talk to my friend Jerry over here? Right, <laughs> Jerry, that oh, guy called Jerry. you a bitch. <laughs> Let me at him. Um, uh. <laughs> so, and then the the one last thing, like. Twitter was just complete outrage. Oh, yeah. Twitter's the worst. Against Kareem Hunt, uh, which I obviously get what he did was stupid and bad. But then a day later, you see Steelers fans headbutting each other uh, during the game, like a a violent attack. And then Steelers Stadium, they are looking for a a Steelers fan who, who choked a pregnant woman during the game. So I didn't, know, like, I didn't know Kareem Hunt rooted for the Steelers. Or, no, sorry, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. There you go. Fuck the joke up, Will. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but it's just like uh, uh, all this stuff kind of gets put under a, a microscope because most people aren't, you know, violent assholes. But it's like people want to point their fingers at, at the players, uh, but the fans are just as bad. And you see it almost every week of people fighting yeah. in the stadium. Uh, and then you have, like you pointed out, ESPN promoting Greg Hardy's UFC fight, uh, a guy who is now getting paid to continue to be violent. So it's a, it's a weird fucking situation. Yeah, the great, Greg Hardy, the fact that the UFC is um, even a part, like partnering with Greg Hardy at all feels just like this weird dystopian uh, yeah. 
thing we've got going on in society. The fact that ESPN's in on it is just, it just obviously reeks of hypocrisy. Um, It proves, I think, something that everybody knows already, but it just kind of furthers the idea that they really don't care. Like they've become this uh, political organization in the last few years, uh, clearly out of opportunism. Uh, and they don't believe it at all. Otherwise, obviously, you know, they wouldn't be, <laughs> they wouldn't be yeah. doing this. It's like the NFL. Like it's all that matters is money. It's all that matters. It's all that Correct. ever matters. And if they think something's going to cost them money, then they'll apologize for it and they'll try to make up for mm-hmm. it. Uh, the NFL like tried to claim that they requested to see the Kareem Hunt tapes. They just said, we did request to take a look at it. And then I think somebody posted that they requested that November 30th or, or something like when they found out it was, you know, going to be leaked or whatever the fuck or after it was leaked. Yeah. It's so like, it's, oh, you think you could just actually give that to us instead? Yeah. I don't know how the NFL doesn't hear about something like what happened to Kareem Hunt and yeah, say, I don't, I don't believe that they do. Let's get ahead of this. Instead. They're just like, we can push We can, we can sweep it under the rug. No, you can't. You're terrible at that. One thing you're not good at is hiding that stuff. The only thing you've been good at hiding was concussions. Well, so, that, that and the alleged Des Bryant video that I've been waiting for since like 2014. Oh, what was that about again? It's like something in a parking lot in a Walmart that was supposed to be worse than Ray Rice that just kind of uh, got forgotten about. Yeah, um, the fact that Des Bryant was shopping at Walmart is pretty important. Bad enough, yeah. Yeah, bad enough. Maybe that's the only thing that happened. Maybe it's just him leaving a Walmart. <laughs> Multi-millionaire Des Bryant yeah. leaving Walmart. Yeah, it gets into an altercation with one of the customers. Just goes up, hey, are you Des Bryant? Yes. Shopping at a Walmart? Yes. And that's it. That's the video. That's it's all of it. <laughs> no, it's just him like yeah. using coupons for everything. <laughs> yeah. This man shoplifted. Uh <laughs> one whole bagel uh let's see uh yeah just like kind of to close out on this but like twitter's the worst place in the world after something Uh, like this because so reactionary yeah it's like um half of the people are just like being like well kareem hunt didn't do anything wrong and another half are like oh well what's gonna happen to my fantasy team and the other half that's too many halves but okay ever heard of uh three over two um (laughs) fractions uh the other half is like people like the most it's just a, a contest of people to see like who hates domestic violence the most right who's <laughs> the most upset about yeah. it it's it's just like someone uh just like putting a fucking paperweight over the caps lock button and writing you never put your hands on a woman under any circumstances like dude i know why well, are you telling me this? <laughs> I agree with that, but did that woman call him the N-word? That's something we don't get to know. And that's no, something that uh, kind of makes the situation very murky and gray. Uh, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, well, no- I mean, we should point, yeah, we should point this out because I don't think this got, and like on a very serious tone, uh, I don't think this got talked about, but people have been comparing this to like Ray Rice and Greg Hardy uh, and Ruben Foster and everyone. And I think uh, just isolating this incident alone, because we don't know about the other ones like we do with this one. And we don't even know everything about this one. Uh, I don't think, and like it, 
you know, this isn't like a very uh, safe thing to say sometimes. Like, I don't think this is on par with the other ones. No, it's not. It's not at all. It's because, I mean, domestic. I'll throw, I'll throw in Tyree Kill too, as well. Yeah. It, well, because those are all clear, I think, um, examples of a domestic violent situation where it's You're right. Uh, two people. Yeah, it's it, it's something it that like doesn't happen other, once. Clearly. Yeah, this is like a this is drunk people out making bad decisions and an altercation happened, which mm-hmm. we see all the time. We saw it with Adam Jones before the season started, um, which the the other guy instigated, but Adam Jones punched a dude in an airport and mm-hmm. he was signed by the Broncos. Uh, nobody thought too much about it. The other guy was arrested and charged. <laughs> Police investigated this situation. Kareem Hunt was not arrested for what happened. I watched the body cam footage of the girl and I felt bad for her. And I was like, Oh shit, I believe her. And then I watched the body cam footage of Kareem Hunt's friends. I'm like, Oh yeah. fuck, I feel bad for them. I believe them. And then I'm like, who the fuck do I believe in this situation? Uh, I saw the video. Yeah, it looks bad, but it also just looks like a messy situation. Uh, should Kareem mm-hmm. Hunt be attacking anybody? No. Uh, I'm pretty sure if he, like if it were me in that situation, I would have ended up walking away more hurt than that girl because I am very fragile. If Kareem Hunt pushed a little man like me, my back would have went out and you would have seen me not being able to walk off frame. Uh, Yeah, another uh, thing about this is the way TMZ framed this video uh, because obviously they wanted to make it seem like a huge bombshell thing because they want to get clicks because that's... That's the name of the game. They're in the business of clicks and getting people uh, riled up and talking about it and clicking some more. And so they said that, you know, cream hunt attacks women and they use the word brutalized. Oh yeah, and that's right. I saw that. That's going to get people, uh, you know, people don't want to be like, well, it wasn't as bad uh, as other people are making it seem because right. of that, because the tone's already been set. And now people are, uh, like I said earlier, people are, you know, <laughs> battling each other out to see who hates uh, violence violence the most right yeah yeah and at a certain point you can't go back and be like well can we like put this in the context and like i know it's not a good thing to like no not we're not what hairs but like we can like we can see with our own eyes like uh this we can't put this on the the same plane as other things no it's it's the there's this is different than greg hardy uh beating up a woman throwing her onto right. a bed with assault with guns and telling her he's going to kill her. And it's different than Ray Wright knocking out his fiance Mm -hmm. uh, by hitting her so hard, you know, in an elevator. Um, And you bring up a good point in the way like TMZ titled that, because if you see the word, you know, Kareem Hunt brutalizes woman as a headline, you're already going into that article with the preconceived notion about what you're about to see and you don't even have to watch it, and you're already going to be like, fuck Kareem Hunt. Fuck this guy. Yeah, or you don't uh, watch it at all, and you just go to Twitter and say, fuck Kareem Hunt. Right. So it's like, and again, like I wanted to talk about it Friday night. You and I started writing something about it, and then I went off like on a tangent and went way longer. <laughs> and then I wanted to wait to see if more information came out, which it always does. Uh and then I just like, I didn't even want to fucking talk about it after that. But with Kareem Hunt's other incidents, that makes the whole situation different too. It makes the way I look at it different yeah. because then you're like, oh shit, he's got a pattern. This has happened, what, three times this off season? Like, 
there's something else going on here. Uh, but what I will say, like, do I think this should end his career forever in the NFL? No, I don't think so. I think he deserves a, a chance to right his wrongs. But now he has multiple wrongs to right and figure out. So yeah, we we'll don't see know. what happens, I guess. We don't know what's going to – it's just like – it's, you know, what you get in trouble with, like, making a, a big, broad declaration like he should or shouldn't have right. a chance in the NFL again, like, right after it happens. Uh, yeah. We just don't know. We, we don't really know. don't. I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions, though. I would agree. Um, I think – I don't know. We can probably skip over whether the Chiefs did the right thing or whatever because uh, it's been talked about. It's been yeah. No, that's that's also my nauseam. my favorite Twitter person is. I applaud the Chiefs for yeah, moving swiftly. <laughs> I applaud them for doing the right thing. What a class organization they are. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tyree Kill goes for two hundred yards against the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, but uh, I think I think we've uh, we've, ve- we've talked about this enough. So, um, we'll do a little, little rookie little rookie talk? Yeah, let's talk about the rookies. Um, so, we've got like a, a four-way competition, I think, for defensive rookie of the year. There might be a couple others that I'm leaving out. Uh, maybe Denzel Ward, but I think yeah. he's kind of on the outside looking in at this point. But it feels like the big race is between uh, Derwin James, safety for the Chargers, Leighton Van Der Esch, linebacker for the Cowboys. Darius Leonard, linebacker for the Colts. And Bradley Chubb, uh, pass rusher for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. It feels right now uh, that Leighton Van Der Esch is going to win this because he plays for the Cowboys. Yes, and we just put up a video about this where we talk about all this shit. Uh, I just read a thing, though, saying um, – I don't know, some NFL analyst thinks it's a dead heat between Darius Leonard and Derwin James to actually win. Interesting. Um, I think he's underestimating the fact that Leighton Van Der Esch plays for the Cowboys. Right. No, and and he's the only NFC player. Not that that matters, but I think maybe helps his chances (laughs) a tiny bit. Um, But we started this to to write an episode because – uh, we did one about Philip Lindsay making a case for him to be rookie of the year. And then we were going to, you know, plead our case for Bradley Chubb, but then looking like at how well all of these guys are playing, I think it's kind of crazy because I think Denzel Ward's in the conversation, but he hasn't had a pick in seven games. So he had like a yeah. super, which it, it doesn't mean that like, he's not playing well. It just no. means that people aren't going to pay attention to him. Yeah, but he's given the trouble up, with cornerbacks. Right. He's given up four touchdowns, so he could get back in into it with a couple multi-interception games or if he has, like, a pick these last four weeks. But you're right. Like, there's five guys, five defensive players playing great, and I think Ward is at a, a disadvantage playing corner. Uh, yeah. But then looking, like, at what Derwin James is doing uh, and what Darius Leonard's doing and even Vander Esch, like, it's really impressive – like how well all of these guys are playing, um, I don't know. I think I was going into it thinking Bradley Chubb had a really good chance, but now the, I think the only way he gets in there is if he does break the sack record. That's what I was going to say. Is So Javon Curse has the rookie sack record uh, at 14 and a half. I was also looking at Javon Curse's sack numbers uh, for his career, and 14 and a half was the most. 
Uh, and like he, he like went from 14 and a half and it just got like less and less every season. Uh, not that I think that's going to happen to Bradley Chubb, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, Bradley Chubb, he needs five sacks to break it four and a half to tie it. Cause he's at 10 right now. And so I think just like the publicity that he'll get from breaking it, if he can, which would be, you know, five sacks in four games, which is certainly doable, especially against uh, when you're thinking he's playing, 49ers, the Browns, so those are two young quarterbacks. Uh, The Raiders, which I think he's got a chance, uh, as good a chance as any, to get a multi-sack game there. And then, obviously, Phillip Rivers gets the ball out quickly, but he's pretty immobile. Um, If he is even playing in Week 17, uh, we don't know yet. Uh, But I think he's got a decent chance. Um, It's going to be tough, but like you said, that's the only way it happens, I think. Yeah. More like a big like interception or like defensive touchdown maybe would help him. Yeah, he needs a big play, uh, another strip sack or two. But I think a multi-sack game will get him, uh, I think, maybe a little more recognition. He's competing. Like Darius, uh, Darius Leonard, he's leading the league in tackles, which is one of those kind of weird stats that yeah, I don't think actually like means. Not everybody – yeah, it, it really – you're absolutely right because not everybody – record stats the same way like I think the the home team actually like tallies the sack or the tackles it's not an official stat even oh that's um, interesting yeah it's but like Ray what, Lewis are, always had like way more tackles, tackles than he actually had that's funny but he has six sacks which is impressive because he's a will linebacker so he plays the yeah. inside linebacker position um and he has four forced fumbles uh, which probably even more impressive. Uh, and on those 122 tackles, however they are recorded, he only has six missed tackles, uh, which is, I mean, he's, he's just playing solid football. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you've watched him, you know, he makes impressive plays. But then, you know, the, the Chargers safety, as we probably don't really want to admit this, Derwin James, um, he is, as a safety covering covering players as good as a corner like uh his qb the qb rating passing against him is like 54.9 he's got three interceptions which is the same as denzel ward and you know he hits guys like a safety Um, yeah and like he's been thrown at a lot so it's it's not one of those situations where like justin simmons has has three picks but he has not had a good year Right. Um, he has been bad in coverage. And uh, James has been thrown at a lot. And guys who have been in the league who have been thrown at just as much, if not more than uh, James, have are giving up uh, quarterback ratings over 100 and are giving up uh, – I think the, the lowest is three touchdowns this season, and I think he's only given up one. So looking at their stats and knowing, like, they're playing well and watching them play, I just think there's uh, – it's going to be – it's going to be close. And I don't think you can go wrong with any of these guys, but these next four weeks are really, I think, what's going to determine who kind of yeah. – separate themselves. It feels like Van Der Esch has the best chance to win, and he's also the least deserving of the four we've mentioned. Uh, it really is just because, like, he – like, A, he's funny because he's got that neck roll. B, he looks like Thad Castle because uh, – yeah, Thad Castle from that. Blue Mountain State. Uh <laughs> see like they love to talk about like how bad his high school field was 
um, back from wherever he played. So he's like uh, just like a primetime darling. And he played well against the Eagles and the Saints the last two, the last two weeks. And the Cowboys have, have been on primetime the last three weeks. And so his name's just been out there. Right. Well, uh, and it feels like that's uh, criteria number one at this point. Yeah. Who's the, um, who's the linebacker he plays next to? Uh, Jalen Smith. Yeah, that guy's good. Yes. Jalen Smith is really good, which I think helps Leighton Vander Esch, right? And right. if Sean Lee gets healthy, then all of a sudden Dallas has this really dynamic trio of linebackers on top of having a pretty good defensive line. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think he probably benefits too from being on maybe – well, yeah. you, could, you could argue the same thing for Bradley Chubb, being on a, a defense that has – the most talent for them to succeed. Um, the difference with Chubb is he's competing with Miller for sacks. Like Von Miller has yeah. 14 sacks. Bradley Chubb has 10. I saw somewhere it, it gave him 11. So I don't know what the actual – I think Pro Football Focus gives him 11. The NFL gives him yeah, 10. Yeah, it's not going to be official. Um, but uh, Bradley Chubb would be the sack leader on like 75%. Of I know. And he's not even the sack leader on his own team. So uh, – you know, th- yeah. there's a lot of things to consider. It feels like obviously they're not doubling him because you have Von Miller on the other side, which helps him out. But at the same time, uh, you have to get there before Von Miller does. So right. It feels like it evens out. <laughs> right. Which, uh, you know, Von Miller is one of the fastest guys off the snap. Mm-hmm. Um, so good luck. Yeah. No, but it feels like that Chargers crew. I think Miller can get some, some more uh, sacks. Yeah, definitely. It feels like Darius Leonard is the most – I don't want to say the most impactful, but he's doing the most with the least help around yeah. him yeah. Uh, just because it is the Colts. And their two players that you really have to worry about on defense are basically Leonard and then Malik Hooker at safety. And I, I'm probably missing someone, but those feel like the biggest names on the Colts yeah, defense. I, I think if you're going to give it to the guy who maybe improved uh, the team the most, it's Darius Leonard. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, it feels like – yeah, he's yeah, he probably has had the biggest impact. Um I don't want to say that Bradley Chubb hasn't, especially in the last few games. Uh, it's obviously big pretty impressive, but uh if like you take out Bradley Chubb, you know, the drop off from him to Shaq Barrett doesn't feel like a ton. No, except for Shep, Shaq Barrett's hurt right now. So that would be the only Very thing. true. <laughs> Very true. You got me there. Gotcha. Technicality. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> Uh, so the the point is those rookies are playing good and yes. they've been fun to watch. Yeah, I'll just say it. There's a lot of good rookies this year. They are. There are. And it, it feels uh kind of disappointing that the year that the Broncos have a legitimate offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year candidate on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and uh, we're probably both gonna lose out. Crop of rookies. Yeah. Um two things. One I see a lot of people trying to like uh, argue and say Philip Lindsay's uh, better than Saquon Barkley, for, yeah. which which I kind of did in my video, but like <laughs> that was more tongue in cheek because uh, you know he does have the crazy impressive yards per carry, mm-hmm. uh, but Barkley, I think he has seventy four receptions now and you know a bunch of touchdowns as a, a receiver, and it's they're like he just you know. It's not Lindsey's fault. He doesn't get used as much as Saquon Barkley. That's true, but because because yeah, Saquon Barkley can't, can't produce so much, like he is like, the the guy who's producing the most. It's like and like he's a freakishly 
talented athlete. Um, he hurdles somebody every week. And the number one thing that's going to get you the award is hurdling. So Playing in New York helps too. Yeah, and, and that. Yeah. But hurdling, mostly hurdling. Yeah. No, like I'm fine with saying that uh, Saquon Barkley is better right now because he probably is, and I don't think that's any slight to Philip Lindsay whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I think Philip Lindsay is clearly the second best running back uh, in this class. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Nick Chubb coming close, but uh, I don't think it's really any contest at this point. Uh, but at the same time, like I'll say the same thing I did last week, and that's I'd rather have Philip Lindsay uh, for the value. And I don't think that's close at all either. Oh, no. I mean, yeah. I would have taken – hey, I would have taken Philip Lindsay with the seventh draft pick. Still gotten great value. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's a, that's a good question. It's like uh, if they did a redraft, where would he go? I don't know. Because – so the first oh, running like back Oh, like all taken, teams redrafted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first oh, running back was Barkley at two. And then you have to wait all the way to – Rashad Penny with the Seahawks, who I think was 27th, something like that. And then the Browns like, – was Chubb, was Nick Chubb third? Did the Browns take him third? Yeah, I, uh, round, I'm not sure. Was I, no, I think – you know, I think the Patriots took Sonny Michelle after that, huh. the other Georgia running back. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Sonny, okay. I bet – no, I bet – oh, man, the Patriots would love oh. Philip Lindsay. He's fifty percent perfect for their system. <laughs> uh, if you don't know, if you don't get it, we don't need to explain it. No, um, if you have to ask. I'm trying to think of who would. I mean, did the Eagles? Did they have? Did they have a, a first round pick? Eagles. Um, I feel like he would have went late probably. in the first, or maybe early in the second. I'm just trying to think of like which teams would have taken him early. I mean, the I Raiders, know, I think the Raiders but John Gruden likes his running backs to be like 30 years old or older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes them uh, slow and aging like Marshawn and C.J. Anderson. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you would ha- I would have to say, like, you would have to consider taking him in the first round, obviously. But Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think he'd go higher than you think, though, too. Uh, like, okay, so let's just go through it and be like, all right, who are you taking – uh, who do you think like was an obvious like mistake and like Philip Lindsay would go over that guy? Cause I think, well, Derwin James would obviously go higher too, but like, I don't think either of the, I don't know if you'd say like <laughs> the jets wouldn't redo Darnold at this point and the Cardinals wouldn't do Rosen at this point. Um, so it's hard to like say there's been any misses like yeah. right off the bat that we can, we can tell. Uh, yeah. And same goes for Josh Allen. I don't know. I would have to look at the draft. I'm going to say like 15th. That was the Raiders. Okay. Uh, 14th. (laughs) (laughs) The Saints ain't going there. Ah, shit. 16th. Uh, Buffalo Bills take Tremaine Edmonds, linebacker. Yep. Yep. I'd rather have than him. Bills, uh, yeah, Bills would be good. Especially with uh, LaShawn McCoy on the way out. You could argue the Chicago Bears. Oh, I think they like Roquan. Um, Tampa Bay at 12. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, they'd love him because 
Yeah, they have absolutely no one at running yeah. back this year. They took Ronald Jones in the second round, and I don't know if he's played. Right. And, yeah, they took uh, Vita, Vita Vea. Vita Vea mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very long name. Uh, defensive tackle at 12. So I bet he would have gone 12th. Yeah, that sounds about right. And if the Buckle, the Buckle, the Buffalo Bills drafted Josh Allen and then got Philip Lindsay, you'd be looking at that right now, like, hey, not too bad. Yeah, be, yeah, it should be like a contest for who can run for more yards per game. Is do you think Josh Allen's good? Do you think he's going to be good? It's a really good question. Uh, um, I go back and forth on. I don't it know. Because, like, I don't, I don't know, but he's very fun to watch. Yeah, he is at the very least. He's a lot faster than I thought he was. Yeah, really. Because, like, you feel like if he's running for 100 yards in back-to-back games in the NFL, it's like, why didn't he do this at the Mountain West? Like, why wasn't he just, like, running for 200 yards a game like Lamar Jackson? Yeah, <laughs> against, if I knew he could like run Idaho. That, Yeah, if I knew he could run that much, I would have been on board with, like, the Broncos taking him. Uh, yeah. It felt, yeah, and, like, a lot of people are, like – debating that last throw against the Dolphins where he like spun out of pressure three different times and threw the ball and then Charles Clay kind of maybe dropped it. It's a little underthrown, but at the same time, like if no, you're like get out of trouble like that, you should. No, that was an extremely impressive play. I think with that, like, you know, he has this cannon of an arm. And so just to see him kind of underthrow yeah. it a tiny bit is what <laughs> like stood out like, Oh wait, Josh Allen underthrew that. Uh, but, yeah, Charles Clay had a chance to catch it. Um, Allen, I think, needs – he is the definition of a guy who needs time to actually develop. But yeah. you're starting to see why people were enamored by his physical tools. And it's mm-hmm. – so far, it's, like, kind of translating. So, it's – he's going to be an interesting player to keep your eye on. Um, yeah. Yeah, you just wonder if he's going to get, like, a good supporting cast around him in Buffalo. Right. Which is or if he'll be hurt every other year because of how often That's he takes it. risks. Yeah, might want to might want to take it easy on running the ball <laughs> too often. Uh, right, but let's, let's do some let's this game picks. Uh, we both were shit last week, huh? Nine and seven. Yeah, we're nine and seven, uh, tied. So the Thursday, my favorite Thursday night game of the year, uh, every year, Jaguars yes. at Titans. Titans. Are they wearing them color rush? I don't think so. I hope so, but I don't think so. Disappointing. Yeah, not great. But, um, I mean, the, the Jags got their first win in a while against the Colts last week. In a six, six to nothing victory. Well, the Jags defense has played well two weeks in a row now. So, you got to assume maybe their yep. defense is back. Yeah, the, the Titans, uh, the Jets, they kind of like snatched – Victory from the Jaws of victory, yeah. Against the against the Jets, like they just kept trying to hand them the game and they wouldn't take it. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pick Tennessee just because they need a win, and I feel like Buff or the uh, Jacksonville um, wasted all their energy beating the Colts. I'm gonna take the Jaguars. Just because the Titans haven't been winning back-to-back games very often, it feels like they win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. Fair enough. So that seems to be the pattern. Uh, Jets at Bills. I don't know if they're going back to Sam Sam Darnold anytime soon. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'll take Josh Allen in that anyway, I think. Yeah, I'll go with the Bills at home. Jets, <clears throat> very bad. 
Panthers at Browns. It's suddenly <laughs> kind of interesting. It's a hard one to pick now. Yeah. Uh, Browns Panthers didn't look good. In a row. Well, yeah, they did, they really didn't look good. Uh, Baker Mayfield threw three picks in the first half, uh, but then kind of turned things around in the second half. Yeah, kind of. Maybe he's got a little momentum against a really good team, too, in Houston. Yeah, no, that's true. In Cleveland. Yeah. I'm going to pick the Panthers. I keep picking them, and I'm wrong, but i got to be right at some point. Well, they Panthers. lost Greg Olson. Greg Olson's done. Yeah, I'm going to take the Panthers, too, though. I, uh, Falcons at Packers. Yikes. Um, <laughs> Packers are actually five point favorites. Uh, uh, this is just a, coaching a, chain. a matchup of the two most disappointing teams. Yeah, I guess I'm going to pick the Packers, but only because they fired Mike McCarthy. And when co- head coaches <laughs> yeah. get fired for whatever reason, the team, I feel like always plays good that one week following. Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers, too. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to actually start trying now. Uh, (laughs) uh, Colts at Texans. Oh, man. I want the Colts, but I don't want the Colts because it helps the Broncos. Give me the Texans. Yeah, I'll take the Texans as well. They're on a nine-game win streak. Yeah, this would be ten in a row for them after starting. That's crazy. Which is pretty wild. Ravens at Chiefs. Ooh. A very interesting game. So we got Lamar Jackson going against uh, Patrick Mahomes. Are they sticking Two with Lamar? Different. I think for the uh, for the time being. I don't think anything's uh, official. Okay. Yeah, from everything I've heard. Um, oh man! Two radically different styles. Yeah. Uh, it could be like a low-scoring game where the Ravens kind of edge them out at the end, or it could be like forty-five to ten Chiefs. No, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game because I think the Chiefs' defense is that bad. Um, Interesting. I mean, Lamar Jackson hasn't been good, really, but he's like also like he's helped the running game. So it's really hard to say uh, whether he's been like a net positive or what's the deal. But give me the Ravens in an upset. Okay. Uh. This is also a game that we should root for the Chiefs. As bad as that sounds. Should? Yeah. Because the, the Broncos need the Ravens to lose two yeah. more times. <clears throat> and we don't want uh, the Patriots to be the top-seeded team in the AFC. No. No, definitely not. Uh, I still think the Ravens are going to win. I'm going to take the Chiefs. Patriots at Dolphins. Just talked about them. Uh, this seems to be the place that Patriots play their worst football every year. Mm. Who knows why? Give uh, me the Patriots. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Patriots too. Three of their four last games. Dolphins, Jets, Bills. Fuck you, New England. Nah, it's, it's like uh, strolling yeah. into the playoffs. Man, Steelers could beat them, but I doubt it. Yeah, we say that every year. Uh, Saints at Buccaneers, a rematch. Yeah, of the Week One upset where the Buccaneers defeated the New Orleans Saints with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, if, if this one's in Tampa, if the Saints didn't just lose to the Cowboys, I would pick the Bucks in an upset because they've been playing better football for whatever reason. But I think the Saints bounce back, get a get a win. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, how, like, I made this point earlier, I think, in one of the videos, but do the Buccaneers really want to keep winning? Is that something they want to do? No, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, they, feel like a, like, they feel like a team where if everything goes right, they can win nine games. And yeah. I don't yeah. know if I want to – I just move on from the coach and the quarterback. Oh, yeah, they definitely got to do that. If I were them. Uh, but, again, if they, like, beat the Saints, they probably won't. So, <laughs> you got to think about the long term in this situation. Uh, Giants at Redskins. This is a classic Eli Manning, Mark Sanchez game. <laughs> yeah, I want to go, go with the Giants here. I'm going to take the Redskins. Idiot. I don't know why. Idiot. I don't know. I think Sanchez just has one more – Hand one more win in him. One more handoff. Uh, also, I don't want to pick the same teams as you. Uh, Bengals, Jeff Driscoll at the Los Angeles San Diego Chargers. Chargers. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. What did you think about Jeff Driscoll last week? It didn't feel like he played terribly. No, he sucked. uh i mean i don't know i didn't see anything where i thought oh god that guy might be good one day no i don't think he did either like i just think Uh, yeah circumstances that he lost aj green like a quarter into the game yeah he looked like he looked like case keenum (laughs) yeah no no it kind of hurt how far are you in red dead redemption uh i don't know 30 percent of the way you got to tell me, like, a specific point. It means nothing to me. I just drowned that kid. Sure. I just sure. – we, we uh, talked about it last <laughs> time. <laughs> well, there's – okay, not to give anything away. There's another drowning. Whoa. There's another drowning in the game at some point, so. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to think about it. Okay. Okay. Lions at Cardinals. Ooh. Feels like a really bad game. Yeah, Lions, I guess. I'll pick a road team here. I'll take the Cardinals. They're coming off of the biggest win of the of the Josh Rosen era, in which yeah. he played very mediocre. Um, yeah, maybe why not? Sure, I don't give a fuck. Who cares? Uh, you took Detroit. Yeah. Okay. Eagles at Cowboys. Shocked that this isn't on Sunday Night Football. Uh, there's still time for them to flex it, I think. They might make this Sunday night and Monday night. Just play it twice. <clears throat> yeah. They're not going to flex out the Rams-Bears, though. Um, Famous last words. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. The Eagles got a win over Washington, uh, but Washington lost their backup quarterback for Mark Sanchez. And <laughs> the Eagles weren't playing great. Really? Until that happens. So. Yeah. I think now that this feels like a classic Cowboys loss. After no, it does. Beating I, the I, best team in the NFL. Uh, and then a division rival comes into their house. They're feeling very, very good about themselves. And they poop the bed. And I think yeah. that's what's going to happen. Okay. Because so remember, I picked the Cowboys last week to beat the Saints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got, I've got Cowboy Radar. Yeah. Pick of the week. <laughs> it's my walk of the week. Lock it up. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm always one step ahead with this team. 
So I hope I'm you're taking, right. I'm taking the Eagles. You're taking Dallas. Steelers or Raiders? Steelers. <laughs> Steelers traditionally don't play well against the Raiders. I don't care about traditions. You should. But I'm gonna the take Raiders I'm gonna have take been the, the Raiders have been more competitive the last two weeks too. They were very competitive against the Chiefs and the Chargers, but I'm taking the Steelers. Yeah, I'm gonna do that too. They got to get right. They're staring death in the face right now. Yeah, there's still a chance they could miss out on the playoffs altogether. Yeah. Um, Rams at Bears seems to be the best game of the week. Is Trubisky playing? It looks like he, there's like a 95% chance he's going to play. That's what he said. Not exact words, but like. Chicago Bears, Mitchell Trubisky says he expects to play against the Rams. Okay. Well, it's crazy, but I think Trubisky is a big part of their success. And that's why I'm taking the Rams to beat the Bears. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll take the, I'll take the home team. Yeah, the Bears defense struggled a little last week too. So maybe that's a bounce. This is a bounce back game for them. But yeah, maybe it also feels like the Rams just have another loss in them at some point. Like it's so hard to go fifteen and one. Yeah, we'll see. We will. You're taking the Rams last game of the week. Pretty good. I also feel like we've seen the Vikings way too much this season. Yeah. Uh, Vikings at Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Pointing. Give me yeah. the Seahawks. Yeah. No, this one feels not easy, but like it, it just – I don't have any confidence in the Vikings. Yeah, they weren't competitive enough against the Patriots for me to think they can go beat the Seahawks at home. Yeah, the only person that cared about the game was Adam Thielen. That's right. Yelling right at Bill Belichick. My hero. I want to see somebody do that to <laughs> Belichick every week. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, fuck, I hate the douchebag Patriots supporter after the game. Oh, <laughs> You're just exploit, uh, exchanging some holiday pleasantries with Adam Thielen on the field, and Bill Belcher's like, yes. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> that's so funny. Shut up. What did Adam Thielen tell you? Exactly how did he tell you to fuck off? Can you answer <laughs> that for me? Yeah, we're on to uh, I would never have the balls to ask Belichick a question like that, though. So. We're, on, we're on to the Dolphins. We're on to... We're on to- Fucking your life up if you ever ask me a question like that again. I can have you killed easily. (laughs) And I will. Bill Belichick's graveyard of sports journalists is deep. Yo, (laughs) believe you me, (laughs) I've lost a few friends. (laughs) Gone missing. They're buried buried underneath (laughs) Gillette Stadium. That's where he keeps them. The 50-yard line. Uh, well, uh, we yeah, did it. I think, I think that's uh, it for today. Let's thank ourselves for making it through another podcast. Uh, appreciate everybody who listens to the whole fucking thing, all 19 of you. Sorry, <laughs> that's inflated. It's eight and a half. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next Thursday. And let's see if the Broncos can win without their star players. Yeah, let's do it. Bye. See ya.